0: right, thank you so much, Melissa. So far so good, some really outstanding stuff. Hopefully I can uh, continue in the same vein and providing you all with some really, really useful information as you get through 2024. So specifically, I'm gonna touch on elevating DEI with some sustainable strategies. First we'll talk about some trends, things that we saw in 2023, talk about some opportunities and what should I prioritize? So, for current outlook, in putting together this subject matter that I'm going to share with you all today, I came across this particular quote uh, by Laurie uh, Ollivant, which I believe hits the nail on the head. Uh, 2023 reminded us how quickly the DEI landscape can evolve, and our learnings from 2023 are a reminder that no DEI policy should remain stagnant and should be subject to continuous monitoring, adjustment, and review. And again I believe that this not only applies to 2023 but I think if you look back ever since 2020 I think the statement holds true. Next slide. All right. For 2023 some uh key information that I've been able to get and uh share with you all. That first bullet four and five job seekers and employees value diverse companies and coworkers. 80% 80% of job seekers and employees aged 18 to 34 polled said a company's investment in DEI was an important factor for them when, invalu- when evaluating excuse me, job opportunities and companies. This goes down slightly for the next age group, age 35 to 54, decreased to 74%. And for individuals aged 55 to 64, 67% and age 65 and older, 61%, still extremely high. Next bullet talks about 50% of employees want their companies to invest more in diversity and inclusion. Next slide. This bullet talks about the employee's view and they view a company's DEI program as a positive benefit. An overwhelming majority of US employee reviewers on Glassdoor, between 61 to 72% over the past six years, view their company's diversity program as a positive benefit. It is a pro of working at the company. Next slide. Employees want their company to be more LGBTQ plus inclusive. In a June 2020 report by McKinsey and Company, Reported 40% of US employees feel their companies aren't doing enough to inclusively hire more members of the LGBTQ plus community. And 15% of LGBTQ plus women believe that their sexual orientation will negatively affect their career advancement at work. And as you can see, this number doubles if you are LGBTQ plus man. So in a nutshell, that explains it, why individuals feel as though that they can't be their true selves at work. And it's a real, real problem. Next slide. This particular bullet uh, polls women and they value company investment in DEI as well as they wouldn't work for a non-inclusive company. 76% of women surveyed by Glassdoor in their 2022 report view corporate investment in DEI important when considering a job. And also, 44% of women respondents said they have decided against pursuing or accepting a job position due to the belief that the organization wouldn't be inclusive. All right. This next one, I really love this particular slide here. Corporate investment in DEI among all industries in the United States, it surged in 2020 and 2021, but stalled a bit in 2022. And there you can see the percentages. However, among nonprofits and NGOs, those numbers were higher. In, 2020, in 2019, 30%, 2021, 46%, and in 2022, 47%. Additionally, getting more specific by the geographical area of Washington, D.C. in 2019, 53%, 2020, 63%, 2021, 67%, and 2022, 64%. Incredible numbers. Next slide. So this next one, as we all know, there's been quite a bit of backlash concerning uh, DEI and various initiatives associated with it. However, three in four companies believe diversity, equity, and inclusion is a priority. With last summer's U.S. Supreme Court ruling striking down college affirmative action and a wave of state and local level legislative moves aimed largely at restricting DEI work in academia, many have questioned the future of DEI at work. According to a January 2024 C-suite survey reported by Littler article in the HR executive, 60% of the more than 300 C-suite leaders surveyed said that their organization has expanded their DEI work last year, while 33 maintained it and 1% significantly decreased their DEI activities. So in a nutshell, just putting personal agendas aside, Now is not the time to abandon your efforts for creating a more diverse, equitable and inclusive organization. Now is in fact the time to do an assessment of your organization and assess and determine whether or not your objectives are being achieved, as well as the desired outcomes. Next slide. So for 2024, here's the opportunity. Assuming that you formalize your DEI efforts for a few years and/or have made a decision to double down in support of DEI, employees are eager to see progress. Leadership wants to know what's working, as well as your clients or constituents. Next slide. So the challenge: you're struggling to move forward. How do you continue to drive organizational-wide commitment to DEI? while energizing your people about your progress. Where do you go next? The opportunity, because you have a number of programs in place and already gained organizational buy-in, you determine what's really working and continually build on the progress that you've already made. And the solution, you have to take the pulse of your organization to understand what is really working, where you still have those gaps, and focus those efforts and potentially refining your priorities. But the main question is, how do you do that? So, I have a couple of priorities for you. Ten in fact. The first one, assess your company's current DEI progress. A company that wants to commit to DEI needs to know where it's starting. Specifically, to give you an example, at GRF, our firm, we engaged with a highly recommended DEI consultant that specializes in accounting firms, and we had an overall DEI assessment. I encourage you all to do the same. You really want to take the pulse of your whole organization through a DEI lens. Learn what the employees are experiencing in their everyday work environment. You want to hear from your leaders and key groups of employees through interviews and focus groups. You wanna understand what it's like to work at your organization from the perspective of your executives and the select group of the employees that you uh, serve at. You wanna examine whether your HR practices and talent systems are working equitably, that's key. You wanna make sure that they're operating equitably, equitably, excuse me, for everyone. You wanna understand why people leave through conducting exit interviews. You wanna to listen to those who left and know what you could have done to retain them. You wanna identify where your employees are stuck. You wanna pinpoint problems, and specifically in the areas of hiring, promotion, and retention of key groups through a detailed talent flow analysis. And you even wanna take a look at pay equity. You wanna get a scorecard of how your pay, as well as the benefits and rewards stack up by gender or other demographic areas. So the second uh, initiative to prioritize and articulate your leadership level support and participation for DEI. Again, I'm going to give you an example specifically from our firm and what we've done. Uh, At GRF, we formed an actual DEI council, which is comprised of uh, eight partners and principals. And the premise behind that is that we wanted to have an executive level committee that brings the strategic view of our business strategy the market, as well as knowledge of all the components of the firm from a leadership view. And we felt that was very essential. And to address the critical stage in your DEI journey, we believe that you really have to take a look from a top-down approach to really get engaged on what those uh, various priorities and goals are, which impact every department and every facet of your respective organizations. You wanna give uh, your leadership uh, a full compliment, if you will, to go on their own personal journey, uh, to really take a look at themselves individually as well as collectively, to see how they may positively impact your respective organizations, as well as the investment that you're uh, currently undertaking. The third initiative is to engage unbiased hiring practices. I think that's key. Very key. You want to convert all job descriptions to use gender neutral language. You want to state the commitment that you have to building a diverse, equitable and inclusive culture, as well as you want to take a look at possibly going with result based job descriptions. As studies have shown that men apply for a job when they meet about 60 percent of the qualifications, but women will only apply when they meet 100 percent. So instead of focusing on a checklist of skills that may weed out great female and minority candidates, the job job descriptions, excuse me, should ideally focus on what a candidate will be expected to achieve, say in a month, six months or a year into the job. And lastly, you wanna conduct anonymous screenings. You wanna review a resume without looking at a name. You wanna ban culture fit as a reason for rejecting a candidate. So when interviewers want to reject candidates for culture fit or a gut feeling, it's an indication that unconscious bias is at play. And you wanna challenge the interviewers to articulate a more specific explanation. It's a great way to uncover hidden biases that have had, uh, excuse me, you wanna do these as a way not to punish them, but at least to bring it to the forefront and alert them to those biases. So the next initiative talks about investing in employee resource groups. And those employee resource groups are basically an employee led uh, group that aims to foster a sense of belonging within your organizations, as well as contribute to a more inclusive company culture. Typically, these groups are designed to support employees who share a common identity or characteristics. ERGs hold regular meetings, special events, as well as community volunteering initiatives designed to support their members, as well as provide a real safe space for them to talk about common obstacles and develop solutions for issues impacting the company and the community. The next initiative talks about supporting mentorship and sponsorship opportunities. And mentorship, true mentorship occurs when a more experienced employee provides guidance to the less experienced colleague and a sponsor is someone who will advocate for that person on their behalf in those high level meetings. Studies show that companies that encourage mentorship and sponsorships stand to keep their employees happier, as well as retain them at your company longer. Also, one key uh, point out about the employee resource groups, that's a great way or a great place actually to begin to cultivate those formal mentorships and sponsorships. Next slide. Initiative number six, you wanna offer talent development programs for those underrepresented staff members. So successful implementation here will include input from a couple different departments at your organizations, specifically HR, your various department leaders, as well as your organization's leadership. You want to take a look at the current leadership pipeline, as well as you want to see which steps are prohibiting individuals from underrepresented groups from making it to that pipeline. You want to do an annual review of it And you wanna bring in each of those different departments, HR, the department leaders, as well as the firm leadership. And you wanna have open discussions to increase the awareness of those factors that are influencing progression of those who represent various uh, aspects of diversity. And you wanna be intentional in your various strategies among all the departments in diversifying the pipeline of talent. And those individuals in that pipeline you want to have an opportunity for them to meet with their mentor sponsor to design a skill development program, which is very targeted for them individually, so that it will close those developmental gaps. You want to have a clarification of goals, aspirations, opportunities, as well as those challenges, and you want to put a plan that is specific to them for them to actively work towards for achievement. And additionally, it's also advisable for the sponsors because not everybody has that skill set to be able to do that, but you want to provide your sponsors as well with the necessary training to be able to do that. Initiative seven is to host DEI educational events and provide DEI training across all levels. Again, using our firm as an example, oftentimes throughout the year, We conduct company-wide DEI educational events. We offer smaller group events, as well as provide individual courses, micro lessons, and a variety of DEI topics, subject matter, et cetera. And they can access this at their own leisure. And it's our hope to allow all of our employees the freedom to engage and share their personal experiences, both in large as well as small groups. And we seek to commemorate, acknowledge, and celebrate our similarities and differences with various cultures, important people, events in history, et cetera, that's aligned with our culture, values, as well as those employee resource groups. And through the training that we have, it's also our goal to help our employees identify those potential biases that that they bring into the workplace and learn how to support our various DEI goals. The next goal or initiative eight, align DEI strategy with company business strategy and use of metrics. At a minimum, you wanna have all the leaders at the table and they should participate in an annual discussion relative to your progress of DEI. You also wanna use metrics and that's very key here as a guideline for the direction and assessment of your progress. What metrics are important to your organizations And there's no one-size-fit-all approach. Some key ones to take into consideration would be recruitment and hiring statistics by gender, ethnicity, and level, turnover statistics as a percentage of the whole organization and a percentage of each group by gender, as well as ethnicity and level, and loss of the pipeline within each group. You want to take a look at the pipeline of women underrepresented minorities and other diverse individuals at leadership positions. Nine, you want to craft a plan for communicating about DEI issues. As you can imagine, there's a great, great opportunity as well as a, a risk that your uh, DEI efforts could be misunderstood. At best, those misunderstandings slow down your progress, and at worst, they can cause resistance as or and or passive-aggressive behavior. And you wanna have a focus and intentional communication regarding each initiative, as well as provide regular updates for progress, success stories, as well as activities that are essential to keep the initiatives on track. And last, but certainly not least, time 10, you wanna provide progress updates. And it's my suggestion that you do monthly updates to the various uh, departments that you have, uh, the management departments, And whenever you have an all staff meeting, I suggest that you provide an update to all that attending these uh, staff meetings. And at the end of the year, I uh, suggest that you uh, put together a recap or a transparency report. So I know it gave you an awful lot of information in a short period of time, but I'll just leave you with this. You know, please remember that every organization's DEI journey is unique. And again, there is no one size fit all approach. Unfortunately, all too often, uh, when it comes to addressing a challenge and or growing a program, a lot of DEI practitioners often look at what other companies have done and they try to duplicate that. But rather they should assess what's actually happening in your own organization. And by identifying and using the correct data, you can not only tailor your strategy, you can c- clearly demonstrate the impact on your efforts. And that is it for me. Thank you for listening to the GRF On The Co. podcast. Visit our website at grfcpa.com for more information about the services we provide, the industries we serve, or to request a quote.